and welcome to the Cloth Nappy Natter podcast. The podcast for cloth loving, tea drinking, biscuit dunking, multitasking and eco fighting parents. It's Reusable Nappy Week. Yay! Woo-hoo. So to celebrate we'll be bringing you a new episode every single day this week. So grab a cuppa, it's time for a Cloth Nappy Natter. Welcome back, it's Wednesday of Reusable Nappy Week. I cannot believe we're halfway through already, Stacey. I know, it has flown by. There's so much going on this week. It's it's crazy. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. But in a good way. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the juggling, I'm, so I'm on my eighth coffee of the day, but yes, I'm fine. <laughs> Stacey's eyebrows are very high up her head today from the caffeine. <laughs> but... Today is a serious day actually over on the podcast Mm -hmm. because we wanted to touch base on mental health because this is a topic that is very close to home, um, particularly for me, and it is something that we really wanted to talk about because this year has been bonkers. Mm -hmm. We like that word today. Um, But we also wanted to chat about the pressures of being a new mum and We've got an amazing guest speaker on that we're going to talk about more about that later, but also the pressures of reusable nappies. Mm. And we wanted to explore, you know, new mum or just had a new baby and those pressures of feeling like you've got to use reusable nappies or it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I think, you know, we we have been hammering on about that choose to reuse message this week, um, but we just wanted to put it out there that, you know, it's it's also really important to know that it doesn't have to be all or nothing you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to to just go all in with the cloth nappies because you know it can be tricky when you've not used them before it's a difficult time (laughs) when you're I think and I I really think that that theme has run through season Mm -hmm. one and I I think it ran through this season will run through this season two dip your toe and start slow (laughs) that was it um and I really think taking that pressure off your shoulders you know, it's great. And even just by switching one out is amazing. And, you know, if you have to stop for a bit, there's other things going on in your life. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Don't feel like you've let yourself down, you've let anyone down. Like, just making those small ch- changes, every little bit helps. Yeah, absolutely. And if you were to replace just one disposable nappy a day with a reusable one, you would save around 900 disposable nappies from going to landfill. I mean, that's just a phenomenal amount. Yeah. And that's just on one baby. That's just one baby, one reusable nappy a day. Yeah. So, so the yeah. big message is be kind to yourself. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's all about a balance. Mm-hmm. Especially recently where the pressures of life in general have been a lot harder yeah. than normal with a pan- worldwide pandemic. Yeah, just a few things. Just been a going few on. things. Yeah. yeah. And it's really sad to think that one in five women in the UK will form some form of mental health problem during their pregnancy or the year after birth, mm. which is is quite shocking when you hear facts like that. And I think that's why it's so important that we can open the door to talk about it and normalise that it's okay to look for help. And we have the most amazing guest speaker on today who's going to touch more about this. Today we're going to be chatting to Dr Ori and she is a chartered counselling psychologist with a passion for perinatal mental health for mums who are experiencing a range of emotional and interpersonal challenges during this time. So grab a cuppa, it's time for a cloth nappy natter with Ori. 
So Ori, we would love to know a little bit more about you. Okay, so um, so I'm Ori. Um, I'm a counselling psychologist who is specialising in perinatal mental health. Um, I also work for the NHS part time, but also work, um, offer my own private private um, therapy sessions as well. So um, yeah, really, really passionate about mental health in general, but particularly working um, with um, parents in the perinatal period. So B, before we dive in a bit further, for anyone who doesn't know what the term perinatal care means, could you give us a quick overview? Yeah, sure. So um, perinatal care ultimately it refers to um, thinking about the well-being and the welfare, both in terms of mental health and physical health um, for, um, well, predominantly mums, but mums and dads, families, um, within, um, during pregnancy, well, from preconception during pregnancy, birth and the postnatal period up until a year um, of your, you know, your, your baby reaches a year, a year old. So that's generally what it, what it refers to. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And so we would really love to know more about your journey to becoming a counselling psychologist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my journey. Well, <laughs> um, it's been, it's been, a, yeah, it's been a long journey. <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> um, so, I mean, with this, being becoming a counselling psychologist, you have to do a psychology um, bachelor's and then go on to do a doctorate in counselling psychology. So, which is why I said it, it took a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did. Um, what I did. One of my A levels was psychology, and I, I decided when I was seventeen actually that I wanted to be a counselling psychologist. Oh wow! And so wow. I went on and did my um, yeah my bachelor's, and then I took a few years out just to gain some experience working in the mental health field. And then I then three years later then um, applied and I um, got onto the the doctoral course, and um, yeah, qualified and I've been working, and um, yeah. It's amazing that you, you at 17, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. Was was there any particular reason that you knew that, you know, this was kind of your calling? Um, I think, I mean, to be honest, I remember, I think around my GCSEs, kind of like having a, a talk about careers. And we were given this book with loads of different, um, you know, um, professions on it. And, you know, to kind of yeah. help us choose our A-levels and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know, just, I just, psychology is kind of, it just resonated with me. And so I went onto the, the British Psychological Society website to find out about the different types of psychologists you could be. And when I saw counselling psychology, I just felt like, sounds a bit cheesy, but I just felt like it spoke to me. It really resonated with me. And I thought, yeah, that's it. And I was I was sure from that moment that that was what I was going to do. That was what I was going to pursue. And, and so I did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was quite, because I knew quite early on, I was very focused and it was very kind of like very much about that is where I'm trying to get to so I always find it really amazing people that know exactly what they want to be from a young age I mean I always wanted to be a doctor but clearly didn't quite have the the uh, brains to go with my ambition um so I have done all sorts of different things and it's only really now until I'm older that I've really gone no this is what I'm meant to be doing so it, it, it is amazing very jealous of people who know it that young yeah, absolutely absolutely <laughs> so what led you to specializing in perinatal health was it personal experience or just a keen interest um to be honest it wasn't personal experience it's just a, a keen interest um so I've 
I guess throughout, I mean, I've, I've always very been, I've, I've always been very interested in um, birth, um, pregnancy, um, that time. And I used to, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I used to watch a lot of One Born Every Minute. And, <laughs> I think know, we've different... all been obsessed with that show at some point. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think we probably all have <laughs> at some point. So, um, yeah, I, I was just, I was just really interested from, from yeah, when I was, I was a teenager, to be honest. And um, at one point, I thought I might want to train as a midwife but um I you know I kind of decided it wasn't for me because more of the I guess the physical side of it is not something I thought I would be very good at um so I didn't go down that road anyway in the end I obviously pursued psychology and then it was in it was during my training my doctoral training actually um that the penny kind of dropped that this was like what I wanted to specialize in so I attended um uh, I think it was like a talk um, that was run by a maternal mental health alliance. Um, and they were, you know, the theme was everybody's business and kind of like trying to raise the agenda of, you know, paying more attention to mental health period, um, mental health difficulties that mums experience. And it was when I went to that talk, because I, I mean, I always used to go on about pregnancy and birth and all of that, you know, stuff to my friends and things. And, um, you know, <laughs> a joke about how maybe I should have actually trained as a midwife. And then it was when I went to that, um, that talk that I all of a sudden it just, you know, the light bulb went and I thought, no, this is it. This is how I can marry my interest in psychology with, you know, pregnancy, birth and that um, that period. And then, you know, as part of my training, um, um, some, some of the theories that we, we were taught was very much about parent-infant attachment and, um, you know, childhood experiences and that relationship between babies and their primary caregivers and you know all of that and I, I really really loved learning about that and that kind of solidified for me that that's what I yeah I wanted to specialize in um yeah when I qualified so yeah amazing wow well if you if you didn't know Sophia's actually uh, retraining to be a midwife so she's back to uni she's yeah. doing the online lectures she's yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. just about to go out on my first placement, which is slightly overwhelming and terrifying, but um, <laughs> oh, gosh. very yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. Oh, that's amazing that you're um, um, retraining as a, as a midwife. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. I think it's an amazing job. Yeah, I think it's one of those jobs where you're very privileged to be a part of that moment with someone. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as well as your main Instagram account at London Perinatal Wellness, you also run the Black Perinatal Wellness account, which can be found at Black Perinatal Mental Health. And on this account, you highlight the racial disparity within the healthcare system, um, especially when it comes to the mental health of black mothers. So for those who aren't aware, could you tell us a little more about this? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we know that um, there's a, you know, um, ten, about 10 to 20% of um, mums experience um, mental health difficulties during the, the perinatal period. But, you know, the research shows both anecdotally, but also um, the research shows that, you know, for black mothers, actually, that there's a higher prevalence there. And that there, you know, there are a number of, um, well, there's a number of factors why sometimes black mums don't get the help or the support that they need, or maybe don't always feel able to ask that. I mean, you know, it's very kind of nuanced, to be honest. But, um, you know, for me, as a, you know, a black woman, um, who's very passionate about this area, I just thought, 
you know, that's something that I wanted to raise awareness about and focus um, focus on as well, which is why I started the page. And I mean, it is, it is, it is still early days and it's very much in its infancy, but I've connected with a number of other black uh, maternity professionals. So um, from doulas to midwives to other therapists um, and, uh, you know, a neonatal nurse as well, who are also passionate about, um, you know, maternity um, for, for black mums and black families. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 more or less what it's about. And the plan is for us to be able to run, um, you know, low cost or, or free you know kind of um events where you know mums can come and you know not just mums but the whole family well not the yeah. whole family but parents yeah. <laughs> parents can come and kind of like you know if, if it's more about mental health they need to kind of seek advice obviously this wouldn't replace their normal you know speaking to their their you know their healthcare providers and stuff but you know it's about seeking advice around mental health and wanting to have that discussion sort of outside of their NHS setting um or if they wanted to find out a little bit more about you know breastfeeding support or what it you know what it's like if you have a baby in 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 NICU um you know so or you know they they want that you know extra emotional and practical support um from a doula so it's kind of like bringing together different experiences but you know for the, for me the running thread is that mental health is not just it's not just for mental health practitioners to sort of be on the ball about and kind of focus on it's kind of like anybody who works in the birth space in maternity you know even if you're not a you know a mental health professional it's really important that that's like a running thread that everybody is aware of because you know it's all interlinked um physical mental it's all interlinked so again it's still it's still early days and we're going to be um planning a launch you know um later on this year um to kind of introduce introduce the service so amazing it's um it's really interesting that you know you 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 mentioned that sort of it it involves so many people to sort of be aware of the issue because I know for me like I suffered with a bit of postnatal depression with my second child which hit me completely out of the blue and it was my health visitor that spotted it. Like I wasn't even, I just thought I'm just having, I'm just having a wobble. Um, and it was just really interesting that a lot of the time you don't even see it yourself that you're suffering, you know, and it takes someone else to say, it's okay. This is not normal, but we can help you, you know, yeah. because sometimes you just think, well, surely this is normal. I've had baby number two. I'm juggling. There's other things going on in my life that are a bit difficult. And I just need to get my chin up and carry on. But sometimes it needs a little more than that. Yeah, completely. I completely agree with you. And it's really great that your health visitors spotted it because, you know, sometimes other people don't, that's not their experience. They're, you know, other people's experience can be very much like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you have the appointment. It's about um, ticking a box and kind of, you know, there is an art, you know, there is a question about, oh, how are you feeling? But it's not, there's not, you know, necessarily enough space created for somebody to actually be able to say, actually, I'm not sure about how I'm feeling. And, and you're completely right. Sometimes things aren't right with us, but it's other people who, notice them and so part of the work that I do with um um clients is also aside from offering therapy um I also do um sessions around birth preparation and postnatal planning um from a you know a psychologically informed um perspective and just thinking about um emotions and you know past mental health and potential triggers you know and kind of thinking about identifying what are your signs when things are starting to deteriorate actually so for you you can know um, and then other people around you can know. And so, it, you know, it's not just on you 
to kind of flag it if something's not not going not going um well so yeah I think it's the other big issue I I feel is like knowing where to go for help because I mean, in many places, the provision for mental health is really quite poor. I mean, I know where I am. Um, it was great the health visitor spotted it who recommended going to see my GP, but literally that was it. Like I went to my GP and their only option around here was to stick you on pills, which for me didn't sit comfortably. I knew that I wanted to try other things before that was something I wanted to try, but there wasn't any other option. I was given like, well, here's a telephone number. You can call and speak to them occasionally if you want to. And for me, I was like, what? just speak to some stranger on a phone and of a phone just for me it didn't work I mean I'm lucky I had an amazing family and friends support network who let me just talk it all out and you know I was fine but for women who don't have that support network I can see how it could progress and get worse and you get into a point where well where do I reach for that help yeah 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 I think what you're you're highlighting that's something that's really really important because and you know what you said about I think sometimes um there can be kind of a rush to kind of prescribe you know antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or whatever it might be but actually you know the research shows that generally speaking mums would rather have some sort of talking therapies first before having to go on to medication and sometimes people do need medication but that's hardly ever their first choice and and so like that being you know it, there's definitely a place for it completely but you know some you know obviously being a psychologist I'm going to advocate for therapy yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think some you know it's 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 um it's life altering what's happened yes it's I guess natural and you know many people are you know who are fortunate to um to our, our mothers and become mothers but it's still life changing. Definitely. And, you know, it's a huge upheaval. And even if it's you've had a child before, but it's like it's a new addition. It's a it kind of creates a a change in the family system. So which, you, you know, everybody has to adapt to as well. So I think I think there does need to be more support. And I think there is there is more there are more organizations out there. But, you know, even some of the you know, some of the mums that I've worked with, you know, there's been they've kind of talked about a feeling like, you know, about previous births kind of saying that they didn't feel right. But when they talked about it, it wasn't really met with much. And, you know, it's just, you know, I know there's pressures and everything, but it's just, it just feels like it's not good enough actually, because so many, you know, I think so many people suffer in silence and you're right. Not everybody has a support network that can kind of carry them. And, you know, social support is a really key factor in you know promoting and facilitating um you know good mental health during this period definitely I mean I also think the more women that can talk openly about it and make it less of a taboo can all help yeah so as well as your own private practice you've also been running perinatal wellness workshops focused on providing mums with the tools to maintain a healthy mind during the perinatal period, which I can imagine has been especially helpful during the pandemic. How have these gone for you? Yeah, I think they've gone, they've gone well. And um, yeah, there's definitely been sort of a demand for it. So um, they've gone well. And it's really, it's really, you know, it's really nice also just to kind of, um, you know, bring psychology and, you know, thinking about therapy and not necessarily um, in terms of actually attending people attending therapy, but bring some of those concepts and, you know, reflections and thinking about that um, in a more of a workshop 
workshop format than just in a you know an individual therapy session so it's been quite nice to do that and you know get that group discussion and everything and I think it's been it's it's really important because actually some people can't afford to go to therapy or don't necessarily want therapy but it's also been um you know what I've tried to do is to try and create a safe space where people can you know just reflect on what's going on for them what they need and you know um you know the women who have attended have been you know some have been pregnant some have been you know already in the postnatal period and it's just about thinking about what their what their needs are what they need for themselves what they need from the people around them and you know incorporating some of what I talked about in terms of birth preparation and um planning for the postnatal period and just thinking about that in terms of psychologically what you need and just being aware of maybe your own triggers or you know what makes you know what puts an emotional drain on you and you know, but then also thinking, you know, in terms of your relationships, is there, are there certain conversations that need to be had or boundaries that need to be put in place? Or, you know, it's also about thinking about what other sources of support you can you can get. And so kind of like planning for unexpected situations, because sometimes they do happen. And it's like having, you know, a list of organisations or professionals that maybe you've already contacted just in case you might need need them um and just so you know because it's very difficult when you're in the thick of something and you're actually really struggling emotionally to then think oh okay I'm gonna have to do research and you yeah. know it's, it's not something you're really thinking about in yeah. <laughs> in no, those it's, moments is it it's, it's not so it's a really good you know you kind of it's you hope for the best but then you plan for you know because sometimes things don't go according to plan they don't and that's just you know an unfortunate um part of reality so I think it's been good and then you know part of the workshops have also focus on um you know kind of like giving coping skills and tools around uh, regulating emotions managing difficult thoughts and also very much um you know a key thing that I talk about is about self-compassion and ways to kind of implement that and integrate that into their lives as well um because you know i think generally speaking i think a lot of people um you know have that inner critic are very self-critical especially during this you know the, during that that period the perinatal period that can be you know exacerbated even even more so we, you know we talk about that and think about what some of the blocks are to being compassionate um to yourself and you know how you might be able to build on that and then also just thinking about you know, kind of like self-soothing, um, self-care practices, things that bring down your levels of emotional arousal um, and ways to do that and trying to identify those things. So you kind of have a toolkit um, going, you know, going forward. And even if that doesn't, you know, sort of that doesn't end up cutting it, you know, actually, well, if, if something does happen, this is where I can go. So it's kind of balancing self-care, self-soothing, but also problem solving as well and and coping skills. So yeah obviously the last year uh has been extremely difficult talking of things that don't quite go to plan pregnant and new mothers have been particularly affected new parents um have you seen an increase in mental health issues during the past year i think yeah definitely yeah i would say there has been there has been an increase um i mean you know people struggle mentally anyway even if we weren't in a pandemic sure, but yeah I, of course but i think but i think it i how i would kind of describe it is that that it there's been kind of an exacerbation because of the um yeah, because of the current climate that we're all living in and i think there's been an increase definitely as, as you would expect in anxiety 
Um, a huge increase, I think, particularly with regards to anxiety levels, which you would have anyway. It's normal to have worries, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's quite difficult because you're kind of living with this invisible threat, really. And, you know, um, as the rules were coming out about what, you know, how to kind of protect pregnant, um, pregnant mums and, you know, kind of, you know, initially being classed as, you know, high risk and, um, you know, all of those things and, you know, worrying very much about, you know, some, some of the, the um, client work that I was doing, you know, some of the themes that were coming up was worrying about going into hospital, worrying about potentially contracting COVID. What if their baby contracts COVID, you know, and, you know, there's all these, obviously, you know, we, we know what's been going on. We've been hearing about the numbers and, you know, the loss that is being experienced like globally. And so it's really frightening. So I think, you know not only that but then there's also okay even you know you get through it but then it's like that lack of you know um connection to well physical connection to other people and um having to manage that and sort of like not having anything else to distract you I mean you know there's only so much stuff you can do online and you know I mean I know there's lots of you know lots of different things you can do online but it's you know there's not there's not that variation of being able to you know go to different places you know um be exposed to different environments um that we you know we we all had before so i think just manage, managing that so there's a lot more time to sit with difficult feelings or to ruminate about worries there's a lot more scope for people to become depressed um because it's hard it's hard it's been hard for everyone but let alone doing you know having to go through this while you know giving birth having a newborn yeah, yeah. hard <laughs> I mean I can't I can't imagine of doing it now I mean I relied so heavily on sort of the baby groups and meeting other mums and the support and the friendships that you make and you know just being able to say oh my gosh my baby has not slept for three nights and having someone else that really understood what you were talking about and could feel that pain for you and just go let me put the kettle on um those little acts just make such a big difference so I really do feel for all those sort of new and pregnant mums and you know it's such an exciting time as well when you're pregnant for a lot of people and you just think not being able to share that with your partner as well they're not allowed to come into to appointments and it can be quite a lonely time now yeah yeah def- definitely I think yeah it's re- it's been really 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 tough and I think that the you know again some of the other themes that have come up is this sense of like that pe- you know that period that you were so excited about has been com- mm. like kind of feels like it's been hijacked yeah and yeah. you can't get it back so it's actually you know a- apart from you know the loss the loss of life that has happened there's also the loss of that there's a- there's a lot of losses that are being experienced um as well um on top of everything that's already um you know been happening and you know just you know lots of difficult feelings will come up with that you know anger resentment you know and and th- those are all normal things really really normal and yes you know everybody's living in this pandemic but at the end of the day it doesn't take away from what you know a given mom is experiencing herself and I definitely think we're probably only just seeing the beginning of it really of how it's going to have affected people and not just those in the perinatal period but I think people of all walks of life you know I think it's only just beginning the sort of mental health issues I think that will come off the back of this yeah yeah I completely agree I think um I think there's been it's been for me I the way I see it is like there's been a collective trauma to be honest yeah yeah um with everything it's um yeah it's been very yeah it's 
been been very tough I think for everybody um so especially mums hopefully because I think we're collectively we're all much more aware that you know this year has been very tough for everyone you know like you're saying no matter what they're going through no matter who they are ask if your friend's okay but ask again you know that's one thing that I saw is you say oh you know you're right yeah yeah you know we're all guilty of it just kind Mm. of saying are you okay are you are you all right you know and then usually that kind of is like oh well actually you know and then you kind of mm. get into that deeper conversation don't you and and yeah. most of the time it, it's beneficial because you, you maybe have a little vent about something yeah. or you know get something off your chest and just that yeah. shared experience between two friends or whoever it might be I think is is really valuable so yeah hopefully people might feel a bit more open to you know being honest with themselves and with the people around them who you know really care about them yeah hopefully and I think you know if anything hopefully this this everything that's been experienced has made everybody a lot more empathic and understanding um about you know (laughs) suffering emotional suffering you Mm. know and awareness of mental health and yeah hopefully I think yeah it's important to check in and not just take the ground to you know take the first answer at face value sometimes exactly yeah that's definitely so we'd love to know if you've got any top tips you could share with some of our listeners that might help them with anxieties or worries that have cropped up more so since pandemic started yeah so top tips hmm there's probably Um, far too many (laughs) oh yeah far far too many (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't even begin (laughs) no um yeah I guess um you know what I would say is that I guess you know it's one that it's said a lot so it's not anything new necessarily but what I would say is really is to is to seek help is to use your voice and um you know just really listen to yourself I think listen to yourself where you are what you need and um to seek help really and um I think that's that's one I mean that was a few things I said in there but that's, that's one I think help seeking can be quite a complex thing but I think yeah. it's really important because there's met lots of different reasons why somebody might be fine having a really hard time but they don't ask for help so that's why I kind of wanted to say that is that there are there are always going to be some people who will understand and not everybody's a safe person to talk to but it is about you know trying to identify who those safe people might be and it might not be loved ones it might be professionals or seeking a you know going to talk to a therapist or something like that but you know seek help and I, the other thing I would say is um just really find ways to um, you know, practice self-care that's very much focused on compassion. And, you know, the way you can break that down is sort of in terms of um, compassionate thinking. And what I mean by compassionate thinking is kind of like sometimes we get really overwhelmed with, you know, difficult thoughts, negative thoughts and, you know, negative thoughts about ourselves as well. Um, so it's just trying to see if you can kind of like come up with a more more supportive alternative, a more supportive perspective or a more, you know, a more compassionate response if say someone finds that they're quite self-critical and I feel like that's that that is um the self-criticism is there is very present actually at the moment then along the lines of compassion also just thinking about you know compassionate action and that's thinking aside from how you might reframe things in your own mind is like what is a compassionate thing that you can do for yourself um what is a compassionate thing you can engage in um it can it obviously means different things to different 
people, but I would just say that theme of self-compassion and just thinking about how you can, you can replenish yourself, what nourishes you, what makes you feel safe, what soothes you. And kind of like, even if, you know, you were just, you know, people have been doing that before. It's like, do do even more of it because the reality is that there's more of a drain on our resources, given what we've already discussed with COVID and everything um, that's been happening. So those are some things. And I would say just, just, yeah, share it, speak to other people, but also when you, you know, notice you might be falling into um, difficult thoughts or difficult thinking, you know, thinking patterns and things like that is, it's just, just checking the facts a little bit and just gently kind of asking yourself, um, actually, what do I know to be true? And trying to kind of separate what we might feel because sometimes our feelings don't always give us a true reflection of what's going on. So, and that's not to invalidate it, completely validate your feelings, but also think, well, what do I know to be true? You know, the things that I'm thinking or feeling, is this, is this more a reflection on what's going on for me, for me internally? Or is this actually, are there actual facts, you know, and, and evidence to support some of the things that I'm thinking or the negative thoughts that I'm thinking about? And what I would say is that balance, doing things that soothe you with problem solving. So kind of doing what, you know, kind of asking yourself what you need meeting that need emotionally and physiologically um you know in terms of relaxation mindfulness it might be or you know speaking to friends but then also asking what is what what can you do about what the problem might be and then trying to problem solve and be more be more proactive so it's about having a balance of both um but definitely seek help if you need if you need it don't suffer in I have to say I really liked your tip that you mentioned earlier of like being prepared like when you're sort of pregnant you read up about how to do this how to do that what to do with the if the baby does this or who do, you know it's you all have about the baby isn't it yeah you have yeah. all the lists about if this happens to the baby I call this person I've got this this and this but you don't yeah. stop and think about yourself and I think that tip you said of just know have a plan you know and know who you can call mm. And what's out there if you need it? You don't have to ever use it, but mm. know it's there if you do. Because like you say, when you're in that, you're not in the right mind frame to do that search. So I think yeah. that was something that really stuck out for me that you said, because I don't think that's mentioned enough to people. And mm. I think it's a, it's a really good idea. Mm. So Ari, we've absolutely loved chatting to you. It's been so interesting and enlightening for us. And um yeah and yeah we hope you've enjoyed it we've loved having you on <laughs> I have no it's been it's been lovely to to chat to you to, to oh, chat to you both you. so yeah yeah I think you've shared some really really valuable tips there and you know hopefully our listeners will be able to to take what they need from that and you mm. know whether that's having a bit more of a chat with a friend or you know getting help from a, a professional like yourself you know hopefully this might give them the confidence and the, the boost to, to be able to feel comfortable doing that mm, hopefully yeah, I hope so <laughs> oh well thank you so much Ori no problem <laughs> that was really great to chat to Ori and she has kindly provided us with some useful links and resources which we'll leave below in our show notes for anyone who might be struggling at the moment you can find Ori over at London Perinatal Wellness on Instagram and also at Black Perinatal Mental Health if you'd like to find out some more information. Thank you all for listening today and we hope you come and join us for tomorrow's episode. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.